Welcome to Mamas on a Mission. This is Season 2, Episode 5. tuning in to Mamas on a Mission. I'm Holly, the Chief Mama of Motherhood Melbourne. It's my passion to create meaningful content on this podcast, which is why each week you hear from everyday Melbourne mums that are fueled with a mission to help others. If you're digging this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review as it helps Melbourne mums discover that there's a podcast for them. And if you're tuning in, take a screenshot or a snap of where you're listening and pop it on your Insta stories, tag Motherhood Melbourne so I can see it and share it. Thank you. Okay, so today's episode covers a topic that I know many of you will relate to, motherhood and working. And that's why I'm incredibly honored to speak with Karina O'Brien, the founder of Working Mama. Karina loves to create practical resources to help women who are planning a family, pregnant, on mat leave, or working with children. She's built a community that draws inspiration from her mission to show you how you can have a family, career, and break the glass ceiling. In this episode, Karina shares how her personal experience inspired her to create Working Mama. We chat about the biggest struggles that working mamas are facing. If you're returning to work soon, Karina provides practical tips for you. And lastly, we discuss the ways that workplaces and employers can step up and better help mums return to work. Can I please ask a tiny favor? If you have a friend who is currently facing or about to face the working mama juggle, can you please let them know about this episode? It can be an overwhelming time. So let's all give our friends the support by sharing this episode with Karina from Working Mama. Okay, I'm going to stop talking and let Karina fill you in on her background. Let's meet Karina. Well, I like to tell people and I'd say that I've had a bit of a non-traditional career uh, to date. So, but I really then on that point, what's normal career? I started my career working in the IT industry uh, where I worked for a number of years and I then decided to swap over to the sports industry where I managed a one of Melbourne's largest indoor and outdoor facilities. And while I was there, I started doing my master's in management and I had this uh, subject where it actually made you reflect on what is it that you want to do. And I thought, I really want to go back into the corporate world. This isn't me. How did I end up in the sports industry? I really want to go back into corporate. So I, I got a role in corporate strategy from actually one of the girls I was studying with. And from there, I've been in the same organisation for a little while and and been able to move around uh, and now I've been working in marketing communications for the last five years. So I've had a a weird and wacky career of what I tell grads, but it's one that's given me a great variety of experiences and also exposure to a variety of different uh, leadership styles and managers as well. Lovely. Yes. And these days, like careers aren't linear anyway. We we jump in and out of things and yeah, just soak up all those different experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, these, there's a foundation of skills that anyone going into university today needs to be aware of because careers and jobs of the future, in 10 years time, what people are going to be doing is not even maybe created today. So, and when we think even back, I know when I um, started studying in the early 2000s at university, what we were studying in IT is very different uh, to what they do now. I'm sure kids are taught in primary school how to code and what we were doing in university. So, (laughs) (laughs) things are constantly changing um, and I think that's also with careers. Um, They are constantly evolving and nothing is linear anymore. Absolutely. So, then you've become a mum. And obviously, you know, that has sparked working mama, which is something very interesting when we become mums, you know, it does ignite something in us to start something, even though we have no time in the world. (laughs) Um, So I'd love to know for you, what changed when you became a mum and how did that play a role in starting working mama? I have to say a lot, my perspective really changed uh, in becoming a mum and I'd say a lot more than what I ever expected Uh, and it really gave me insights into a different perspective on a whole range of different topics and a couple of things that really stood out for me were uh, one, I'd get asked the question a lot of 
are you going to come back to work? And I was thinking, why not? Isn't this just what happens in the 21st century that you have a baby and just because you're the female doesn't mean that that's it for your career, um, that you still can actually have a career and and still be a mum. And it was amazing how many people from also both genders would ask me, are you going to come back? Um, And then I think as well that that surprised me. I also work in a very male-orientated industry and and I've always worked in male-orientated industries. Um, But one one special part was actually the males and very senior males uh, giving their perspective on what it was like in actually becoming a dad. So a couple of times I'd be at the end of a meeting um, with these executive managers and they'd sit back and say, how are you going? How are you going? What's it like? You know, are you all prepared and... and, um, uh, you know, how's it going to be of how you're going to manage the juggle and, and things like that. And then they'd actually proceed to tell me what it's been like for them in becoming a dad and then their experiences and which also gave me a different outlook of, oh, yeah, it's not just about the female going through all these changes, but there's a lot also that happens with the fathers as well. Um, one guy told me about how he was actually, his wife went into labour, they were living in the Hunter Valley and they were actually moving to Newcastle and the period that they were having this child. And so he dropped off the, the, you know, the wife had the child in the Hunter Valley. Then to go home, that she drove past their old house to Newcastle. They walked in the door to their new home and looked at each other going, what the hell do we do now with this child? And that story really stood out for me. And this advice, which was like, oh, that's really true. And then my husband and I actually had that same moment of what do we do now? Um, and so uh, I think having the different insights um, from men um, also changed a bit more my perspective. Um, but I think as well, by actually being asked questions of, are you going to come back? I always thought, well, why not? Um, and I always thought, well, how can I be a mum and then still have a career? Um, and I've always looked up to women that are more senior than me of what's been their journey, how have they got to where they are and what's been their challenges and how they overcome it. I've really, that's been a personal interest of mine. And I then thought, well, whereabouts are all the women that are actually working and also having a career as well? And how can I draw inspiration from them um, on how I can also ma- um, manage the juggle? Um, and I was also then reflecting on it as well, going, well, why aren't there more senior women in organisations? And I'm thinking, well, if there's actually, if they have children and they're not supported back in the organisation, maybe this is also a key reason why there aren't as many uh, senior females. Um, And I then thought as well, well, how can we work together as women to help lift each other up to hopefully one day break the glass ceiling? Um, and so that's where, um, the statements of you can't have it all. And I thought, well, why not? And so this is all these different aspects, um, have really played on me, particularly when I was pregnant, um, in the later stages of my pregnancy as well of saying, well, why not? Why can we do it? Why can't we have it all? And if we have it all, what does it look like? Um, and also, um, being also able to draw on strength and inspiration from other women that have already gone through what other, you know, you're about to go through of having a child um, that are paving the way. Um, and so that's really all these different parts of reflection um, has definitely changed my perspective uh, on becoming a mum and certainly playing a role uh, for working mama. Oh, my goodness. When you were pregnant, did anyone ask your husband are you going to come back to work after the baby yeah, arrives? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> they don't. Like, do they? No, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't ask the male, how long are you having off? What yes. are you going to do? Is this the end of your career? Or yeah. it, it annoys me. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Just that sort of, yeah, expectation that's put on the female. And, and even when you're out on mat leave, I feel like the point you have the baby, people ask you, are you going to go back to work? When are you going back to work? Are you going, you know, it's, it's asked all the time. You're just like, oh my goodness, I'm still trying to figure out this child and, and get them to sleep. 
I've got no idea what I'm doing. No. Anyway, there's no guidebook in becoming a parent. So, I know, yeah. I know. Oh my goodness. And uh, so relate to that moment when you get home and you're like, what the F have we done? Like how, yes. what, what do we do with this child now? <laughs> why didn't, Hospital why didn't, was easy. Yeah. <laughs> why isn't anyone checking on this child? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're like, I can't believe they let me leave with this baby from the hospital. <laughs> so irresponsible. Oh, they were worried. I know all they're worried about is the car seat. Is that fitting correctly? I'm going, but there's all these other aspects about feeding a child, changing a child. Can I do this? I don't know. No, I know. Oh my goodness. Um, So that's such a great story of how it all began, but can you go into a bit more about what working mama is? Who are you trying to help and how are you doing that? Yeah. um, So Building on what I've said about inspiration and and support, Working Mama is really a community to provide inspiration and support for all working mamas. Um, And what I'm trying to do is actually help working mums manage the juggle. And we all know the juggle is real. Uh, And it's really as well helping women through the whole journey from the moment that they realise that they're pregnant um, and they're about to announce to their boss I'm pregnant and going through all the challenges that um, can actually happen as well before you actually have a child. And there's a lot that happens in your workplace that people need to consider. Um, then also on mat leave and as, as what you just said of when you're going back to work, what's it like? And there are a lot of challenges that, um, that can come around with that uh, and also support that's needed because, as you know, those first couple of months being a new mum can be quite isolating. And you think, what am I doing? Where's the support? And then suddenly people ask me about how to go back to work. And you go, I don't know. I just need to get my head around of trying to settle my child. Um, And then also then supporting women when they're going back to work and whilst they're working, because there's a lot of women that think, and they lose a lot of confidence and actually returning back into the workplace. So it's providing the support and the inspiration um, for, for women across all those stages because it's not just isolated to one only. I think that um, women from pregnancy, mat leave and, and returning to work and then also working um, can really learn and draw off each other. So the way that we're doing that is largely through socials at the moment. We've got a fa- um, closed Facebook group uh, where women can go in, ask questions Uh, and also if we put up a question like I put up one this week around flexible work and a variety of different women have come back and said this is why it works for me this has been my challenges and it's really inspiring to see complete strangers giving support and advice to each other and they're they're drawing um, inspiration about how they're doing it and and it's that's what you really then see is the value we've got an Instagram page Um, and also then at the start of the year we ran a couple of events both online as well as face-to-face and we're wanting I'm really wanting to increase the amount of events that we're doing because as we all know that having that community and that tribe and and sharing the stories face-to-face is completely different um, face-to-face is what it is online so um, we're doing all that um, and as you've probably one theme that you probably hear throughout today is about providing inspiration so i came across the Celebrating Women campaign um, from Kirsten Ferguson uh, from 2017 and I think that's a fantastic campaign. So where she asked four questions um, every day on on Twitter and I've taken a leaf out of her book of asking different uh, mothers um, on a weekly basis the same four questions and I've called it, um, it's hashtag inspiring mama and it's amazing that the women that have already provided their feedback it's the same questions but with completely different responses and different perspectives on um, what their challenges have been, what they would actually tell their younger self and, and what, what are some of their strategies for managing the juggle. And I've had so much positive feedback from other women saying, oh, it's so nice to read this story. Um, so a lady said to me the other day, she goes, I really resonated with the story. She goes, that was just me. And it's nice that women are able to... Uh, realize that they're not in this alone they're actually going through um, the same struggles as many other women and um, that's where we've uh, yeah using the inspiring mama stories to hopefully inspire and motivate 
um, others. So it's a variety of different um, initiatives. There's certainly so much more that I want to do. Uh, <laughs> and this is really the only the start because we want to want to work with corporates going forward and, and small businesses, small, small medium enterprises, because we see that there's a lot of opportunities to really change the conversation in Australia. And with so many SMEs, we um, need to get them on board as well. Oh, wow. You're doing so many amazing things. <laughs> and I love oh those stories, actually. Yeah, I read them too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, they're fantastic. And so what is your Facebook, the closed Facebook group called? Can anyone join? Anyone can any join. Working mom? Uh, any working mom, anyone <laughs> that's pregnant or anything like that. Um, it's working mama. So working mama, M-U-M-M-A community. So that's what it is, working mama community on Facebook. Oh, lovely. And that's all around Australia? All around Australia. We've even got a few people from international as well. Oh, wow. So we've got a few international friends that, <laughs> um, that live in different parts of the world. So they've joined and uh, I think have also joined some support and inspiration um, as well. So, it's yeah, anyone can join to help others. I think if we, as I said, work together and lift up the community, I think it would be amazing to see what we can achieve in, in future years. Yeah, and it's so fantastic to be able to have these opportunities to have online communities, especially for working mums, because I remember when you have your mother's group, a lot of the times, you know, some people are on mat leave for quite a long time, so they're catching up during the week. But for the women that go back to work, there's no catch-ups anymore. So, Mm. you know, like they don't have that group support. So having the online communities are so important. And the Facebook groups are where it's at, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. It sure yeah. is. Um, and look, if you, um, I know with my mother's group, I've met some amazing women. Um, and if you don't, if you're not on Facebook, I'd certainly as well, but you still want to be connected with your mother's group, uh, we've used WhatsApp. Uh, oh, and that's yeah. also been a great way that we can check in with each other. So if you're not on Facebook, or, but you're still wanting to connect in with your smaller tribe, highly recommend Facebook or another chat uh, mechanism uh, because checking in with each other making sure everyone's okay and that mental health component is so important absolutely so important and you were saying before that in your Facebook group that there's a lot of women talking Um, so what are you finding then are the biggest struggles that working mothers are facing what are they saying I think number one I think that there's a lot that women are unfortunately going through at the moment but I'd have to say that mum guilt would be number one and then it's it's one thing that no matter how much you try and compartmentalize it I think naturally it's something when you have a child mum guilt is real and it's from the day that your child's born that you've got this innate nature to want to help them they fall down you want to pick them up you want to be there for every moment um, my son's almost walking at this stage and I'm really scared that he's going to walk in front of someone else before he walks <laughs> in front of me. So um, I think it's really missing those moments and I think mum guilt is, is certainly there. Um, and I think as well um, there's an element of about lack of confidence um, and so I've actually recently asked the group of the next event, what do you see as the most important topic and actually confidence and self-esteem came through as the number one topic uh, and so and particularly some people have really struggled um, about returning to work and the workplace and say if you're away for 6, 12, 18 months or even longer the workplace can change quite significantly in that time you can go through organizational changes um, new technology platforms that are in, implemented there can be so much that happens and you walk in and you almost feel like a new employee yeah. um, and you're thinking, I've only been away for 18 months. I've had this child. I've got all these new, ex- new um, skills that I can bring, but they're also going through, I don't know what this system is. I feel new. And, and then there's also they're questioning their capabilities. Can I actually do this job again? Am I capable enough? Am I good enough? So there's a lot of that confidence as well. Um, that are going going through um, and definitely uh, commute and flexible work um, is another big topic um, as what I just said that this week people were talking about it and I was surprised to read that some mums are traveling up to an hour and a half two hours to and from work because that's what they need to do um, and then that's them putting on extra challenges with them of wanting to get home spend some time with their children 
then also then make dinner, you know, do some household chores and just this extra burden and guilt that they've got of I need to try and, and manage it all, um, which is really, t- really tough, I think, for, for a lot of people. Um, another one as well is that when, when, you're, when you're on mat leave, it's probably the first time in your career you're able to sit back and reflect what's important. What do I actually enjoy doing? Because when you're in your career, you're on this merry-go-round, you're on the treadmill of your career, you're going, yep, this is what I'm doing because this is what I studied and I don't know any different. But when you take time out to have a child, you're going, oh, I may not actually enjoy this career. I may not actually enjoy this job. What do I do? And there's also this realisation that, Maybe I don't want to go back to the work. Maybe I want to change and focus. And I think also maybe that's why that also leads to a lot of mumpreneurs that are out there now because they've gone, well, no, that's not my passion. My priorities have also changed. I don't want to work full time. And I've already said to my husband as well, I said, I actually don't want to ever work five days a week again. I said, if I had to do anything, I'd work five and four. But I said, I actually really enjoy spending some time and even having just a bit more flexible work um, in that space as well and he was surprised when I actually said that to him but I was like no this is what (laughs) I've also reflected on for me so um, I think there's a lot that women are going through Um, and and as I said there was a the event I had held recently that um, mothers and this lady said I don't usually come to these networking events but she goes I'm really glad I did because I've realized that what other women are going through and the struggles they're going through I'm going through as well and that it's really real. So I think that, yeah, there's so much that is happening, um, but women aren't alone. You know that all going through the same thing together. So true. And I guess when you, like you said before, that you're in a real male-dominated industry, so sometimes it can be hard to see how did other women return to work and what's the situation and have someone to confide in and look to for support Um, because that can be really difficult. But also your return to work is going to be so different to someone else's. So you might be Mm. comparing it and saying, well, they look like they adjusted really well and I'm not. So what's wrong? Whereas nothing is wrong. It's just a different type of transition. Yeah. And every, as we know, every person's different, every child's different. So everyone's going to have a very different experience. And um, going back to the inspiring mama stories that I do, that's one of the aims that I also want to show people is that the same four questions, there's completely different responses and there's different ways of parenting and working and going and that. So, and the struggles are going to be different. Um, So don't think that you're in it beyond there's, if someone looks like they've got it together, no doubt, they don't (laughs) yeah and it's so interesting the point that you touched on about the mumpreneurs or perhaps people don't like that just women going into business um, that happen to be mums but it does it it is something that is quite often happens because our values change and our priorities change and we're trying to work out a way how can I spend more time with my family or be here you know be more involved in that sort of way um and but also work because that's the thing like yeah. you, you don't lose that part you, you sort of like I'm still got all these skills and I still want to I still want to work and um you know be creative or whatever it is that you want to do but just trying to find a way that fits in with your life now yeah 100 percent. and also as you said your priorities change you um some women probably go yep I really want that that role still and I still want to work five days a week and I want yeah. those senior positions. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, no. I think that's amazing. Um, I think also by having a bit of time out does allow you to reassess um, and really reevaluate what's important. Um, and some people, it, it, may, it means, yep, I'm on the path to where I want to be. And that's great. I think it also just having that confidence um, to actually follow your dreams, I think is also a big thing as well. Yeah. And you spoke a lot about confidence that, that some mums lose their confidence as they're going back to work. So do you have any practical tips around that, how they can prepare to return to work? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think um, around confidence as well is also about being mentally prepared. Um, there's an element of being physically at work. Um, But I think as well, there's that mental and also psychological aspect as well. And um, I know in the HR circles, you could talk about a psychological contract um, with an organisation. And I think um, before I went back to work, my son 
Um, we trialed him in childcare for a couple of weeks. So I was able to go through some of the emotions with him of getting him into childcare and him crying and not being ready for it. <laughs> it was quite emotional. Um, it's traumatic so for the mum, isn't it? Or <laughs> the parents, whoever's dropping them off. Dropping them off was definitely hard. And yeah. by easing him into it, I was also, and by the time I went back to work, I was able to take confidence that he was okay. But I was also able to have some time for me to also reflect on, okay, what am I going to do? How's the routine going to work? And to really get myself mentally prepared. Um, And as we know in mums, we don't have a lot of downtime, you know, just a time to sit back and reflect for ourselves. And I think definitely going back to work to just mentally prepare yourself that, yep, this is what I'm going to do. But also on that stage, don't be too hard on yourself. I think sometimes women, we're our own worst enemy and that we beat ourselves up. We set high expectations for for ourselves. But essentially going back to work, don't put any expectation on yourself. Just go with the moment, live in the moment and um, and ease yourself back into it. Um, I know of some stories that it's taken some women six to 12 months to actually feel comfort again because their organisation's gone through so much change and even they've gone can I do this role of actually almost relearning who they are in the role Um, so really don't beat yourself up um, in it as well Um, and on that about um, engaging with the workplace use the keeping in touch dates Um, and so therefore you you can still keep up to date with if there's a new IT system you don't have to freak out about it on day one you can go okay right I know there's maybe a new CRM system. This is how, okay, then maybe they, your organisation may be able to then set up some training for you upon your return and, and that. So by using those days, and I think communication um, is definitely uh, really important. Um, and that as well, if, if making sure you've got self-care. Um, we talk about confidence and mental health. And I think on that, um, self-care is so important. Um as what one of our inspiring mamas said, you can't do anything with an empty cup. You need to make sure your cup is at least somewhat full um, because otherwise you're not going to give anything to anyone around you if you've got an empty cup and that's where self-care and, and taking time for yourself uh, is going to be vitally important. Um, a few other quick tips um, is certainly accessing your village. We all know that our kids will get sick. Everyone has a different <laughs> village and, and who the makeup of the village is. Um, knowing them um, is definitely uh, and who you can lean on is is important. If you're breastfeeding, find out where the breastfeeding room is. Um, It can be quite interesting about the different rooms, but you are legally entitled to a breastfeeding room. Um, And one, there's so many tips I could give, but one one final one um, would be about actually having open and honest communication with your partner about how it's all going to work. Um, because we talk about confidence is what we did just at the start. One way as well is about sharing the load with your partner um, and about having that conversation about, you know, if you've got children in childcare or family daycare, who's going to be doing the drop-offs and pickups? Um, who's going to be doing the cooking and the, the household chores? Does your partner need to pick up some parts of it to help you? Because otherwise you'll be feeling like you've got all this extra burden and that you're going I can't do it all and I'm not managing the juggle but when really maybe just having a conversation with your partner to say look look I don't want to do all the drop-offs and pickups will you do one in maybe in the morning and I do the other the next day by just having some conversations and that communication will hopefully help you um, along the way but there's so much more I could say on this but I know we've I know No, 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 no. It's a great topic. It's a great topic. And going back to talking about when your kids get sick, because that's something I wish someone had told me, like when you put your child in childcare, there's a a real adjustment period um, of them getting everything. Like they can track everything that first six months and they bring it home and they spread it to the whole family. Um, But it is really stressful. So you're talking about mum guilt, but have you found that there's also work guilt? Oh, 100%. Um, I experience it every day. So um, <laughs> working mum at the moment, sadly, my side hustle. I'd love to work on it full time. Um, and so I work three days a week. And I say those three days is such a guilt of, okay, I've got to get work by this time. And I, because I used to work a lot longer hours than what I do now. And 
I'm like, oh, but I've still got to then do my job. And I even still then sometimes on my days off, still check the phone to just try and keep on top of email and that. But no, there's definitely a work guilt that is uh, also associated with mum guilt, that's for sure. Which is then you feel like I'm torn between the rock and a hard place. How can I cope? Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard because, yeah, like you'll be at work and then you get that call. Oh, your child's sick. You have to come. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you always get the call and you're like, but why? <laughs> and you're like, I know they're sick. Like, you know, of course, that part of you is like, oh, like, of course, I want to pick up my child and look after them. But at the same time, it's like I need to work. And now I feel like I'm letting down other people. And then, you know, especially if your child's sick all the time, which is mm. what happens at the start, you can feel that real, like that you're disappointing people or you become that person in the office that's always leaving for their sick child. Like it becomes a stereotype almost. And yeah, 100%. Stressful. And oh, it's very stressful. And also you're trying to say, you're trying to manage people's perceptions of saying, okay, I know I've just returned to work and I don't want to be I still want to show that I can do my job, but then you've also got this other part of you saying, I really want to look after my sick child and I hope that everything's okay. And my child was sick shortly after I returned back to work and it was a struggle and you go, I'm feeling guilty on on both fronts. And um, and I also said to my husband, I said, I can't also have all the days off. I said, you also need to have some of the days off as well. Uh, And he did. And I think also at the same time, he enjoyed actually that day off with him um ironic as that sounds but I think also he had that sense of purpose that he could also help out um which I think also men particularly if the if their partners are breastfeeding they don't have that real feeling of accomplishment or sense of purpose because they're like well you're breastfeeding and you're the one that has to settle in where when he was sick recently he was able to provide that care and comfort which was actually quite nice yeah yeah Oh, lovely. Um, I love all the tips that you provided. They're really good. So I think now it'd be good to talk about some of the changes that employers and workplaces are implementing or could implement to make, just to help mums return to work better. So are there any great examples that you've seen or heard of? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, Even this morning, I was just reading about how Deloitte uh, is actually just increased their uh, parental leave um, to 18 weeks and they're actually doing a roadshow at the moment about um, I think it's called Deloitte Dads where they're going around to different offices and actually profiling dads that um, that are actually going on parental leave and encouraging dads to take that leave so I don't think enough organizations have really got that um, they may see there's economic challenges with it but really when you see some of the big corporates in Australia having extended leave periods um it's really good and i know of a number of um dads that have taken leave uh a few friends of mine and they've gone we've had such a good time like the last three months has been an amazing bonding experience with their children and they wouldn't change it and i think also as a result they're actually more engaged employees because they're going we wouldn't leave this organization because look at what they've allowed me to do so the dads are really doing a lot there. And I think that's where a lot of, there are examples, um, particularly say EY, Deloitte, the big um, consulting and even the law firms are now doing it as well, just a couple of industries of actually changing those um, those um, policies to allow not only the women, but also the men uh, to take the parental leave and really encouraging them to do so, which is uh, great to see. Absolutely. And because mums need taken care of as well. So when they feel like perhaps, you know, if their partner is breastfeeding and they feel like they can't really help with everything, they can just be there to look after the mum. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. I remember my husband, I think the first, with our first son, he took off two weeks and it definitely wasn't enough because our our son was also in um, special care nursery. So he wasn't actually home for that long by the time he was there and I remember as soon as he went back to work I was calling him every day crying going it's two o'clock I haven't eaten anything I haven't showered and if if he was working close to home because he's a tradie then he'd try to come home and say quick jump in the shower or or eat and I was like I don't know which one to do like can I eat in the shower Um, but it was really stressful and then I remember second time I was like I need you to take off longer like it was really difficult the first time I remember that but you know 
they didn't have that flexibility in his industry. Like it, it's, you know, trades, I don't really have that. Um, mm. But it, yeah, I love how there's so much, you know, emphasis now on helping dads to be home as well for as long as they can. Yeah. And I think that's really where, as what we've said earlier, that it's not just about the mum and the mother playing that role in the female sort of stereotype. Yeah. But my husband and I look at it parenting as a team and and really it it is um, both parents playing that role um, and being those role models as well. And and I know for my son, I want to show that it's uh, and give the role model to him of look it's not only just mum that does this but also dad um, and that really having that diversity as well and I think that the more organizations that can do it and we can actually then start changing the conversation and changing those perceptions I think will also then enable women in, in the workforce um, because there's a lot of issues around even like the um, uh, around workplace flexibility and, and part-time work and People think, oh, she's part-time and maybe she doesn't want a career. But when, in fact, part-time, you're still at work. You've still got opportunities to engage. And I'd say that even if it's a male or a female, if you're working part-time, you're probably the most um, efficient employee in the team (laughs) because you probably can fit five days into three or however many days you're working. You're achieving a lot. So I think changing some of those, changing the perception, changing those conversations um, will also then change, could even potentially change the whole economy around. So, yeah. Absolutely. And so any other great examples that you're seeing? What about with um, offering things for flexible work? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know of a company, um, Diego, um, that's actually got 26 leaves, um, six weeks leave. Um, there's also another wow. company called Versa where they've actually removed hump day. They've got four days in five. So they actually, and the whole organisation have done it. So they work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) And so they've they've said that actually now they're, um, and it's it's very public. Um, You can um, read any article about it, but they've said that their productivity has increased and people have said, oh, you'll lose clients, you'll go back in revenue. But actually their revenue has dramatically increased. So it's also looking at ways um, of, you know, you don't have to work the traditional 40 yes. hours a week, which that's been around for a very long time. And 40 hours was in, implemented for a reason because people were working, you know, ridiculous hours, you know, 100 years ago. So also this day and age, uh, some a lot of organisations are starting to look about the outputs, not necessarily about, okay, you've got to be in the office for 40 hours, clock in, clock out. Sitting at a desk, typing. Sitting at a desk, who knows what they're doing and also how efficient are they, you know? Yes. You know, by actually then changing the conversation about what are the outputs and having the performance based on the outputs, um, you don't need need to slog yourself to death when you could probably achieve something similar in a less amount of time and also be happier. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I I think the nine to five thing is BS. Like I absolutely, like I've always struggled with the concept um, and also the fact of working nine to five when that's not your, I guess, like zone of energy. Like I'm a morning person and I was really, really lucky that when I, with my last two workplaces, they said you could work, um, you know, whatever hours, like you can work eight hours a day, but you choose those eight hours, which was fantastic because I was like, right, I'm starting at 7.30 or I'd start at 7 a.m. and be done because once I hit three o'clock, like I was brain dead. And then what's the point in sitting in front of a computer for two hours pretending to work? (laughs) Like it's not effective for anyone. No. Yeah, I wish more workplaces were like the one that you've described, like realising that you need a day off and a weekday because life admin, there's so much stuff you have to do. I know. <laughs> Especially when you have kids as well. Like you're not just organizing your schedule, you're organizing all their appointments and everything else. And you're you're just constantly on the phone. Oh. And it doesn't and weekend, two days over the weekend doesn't really help. And so That's they've so and it's really great that there is organizations and of all shapes and sizes. So Diego's an, an IT company. Um it's not huge from what I know um it's not say a a Deloitte with thousands of employees around the world Mm. so it's really good to share stories and and hear about the stories of organizations that have different industries that are actually starting to change the tide and people are also realizing that 
it's not only just for employees today, but also millennials coming into the workforce don't want to work the nine to five. They want a bit of flexible work as well. They want to choose when they work. Um, they still want a life. They want that work-life balance as well. Uh, and so I think that um, with now five generations of people in the workforce, you know, these conversations need to be had. And look, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all for all organisations. And that's where shaping it and scoping it to fit your organisation um, is important. But I think really it starts with actually having the conversation. Yeah. And do you find um, with a lot of working mums that you're speaking to that it's really hard, like even though there might be nine to five, that's when they finish, but the culture is to work past five. Like a lot of people are staying back till six, seven o'clock at night and they're getting home really late and they're doing that obviously pre-kids and then they have a child and they're like, but I can't do that. I'll never see my child. Uh, Are you finding that they're really struggling with actually finishing on time and understanding that you know they don't have to work overtime like that that that's actually a choice and it's not mandatory to do that but we do have this perception that working hard is working long hours yeah very much so um so i've also received feedback from women of saying i used to work 12 hours a day ridiculous hours before i had a child and they've gone but now I've got this child, how am I going to do that? And the, you know, I need to work less hours. And so it also comes into that work guilt of what do I do now and, and changing that. So, no, definitely I think it's there. Um, and like I work for an international company, so I can get emails and have calls potentially at any time of the night. Um, and it's definitely something that you, I think it's also part of that going back to work of, of also setting those boundaries Mm. Um, not only within yourself, but also with your employer. Um, and also, um, I've also heard of instances of um, it's of, say, a female in the room um, on the corner texting someone saying, like her nanny saying, can you please go pick up my daughter? Um, but then meanwhile, it was okay for a male to stand up and say, sorry, I've got to go. I've got football training. I've got to go coach my kids. So it's really interesting of how it's been okay for for males to, oh, no, I've got footy training. That's okay. But if you've got to say, (laughs) I've got to go pick up my child, that's different. Um, And I think also the more that men are involved or the partners are involved in doing, say, pickups or drop-offs and that, that to actually help change that of, no, I can actually leave the office at 4 o'clock and that's okay. Um, I'm going to go take my son to football training and, but that's and also then encourage people to go you don't need to slog it out for all those hours um, and I think it really starts from the top it's that leadership of saying no you don't need to um, go out and slog yourself because it's actually not going to be good for you your mental health your productivity um, and instead take a break and also follow and you know people leaders um, getting up to um, take the lead on that topic as well. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if anyone is perhaps going into a new workplace, it's asking that question when they say, oh, we have work-life balance here. You know how they all say that. And yeah. you say, but what does that look like? What What is actually happening and, and, and who's demonstrating it? Because you, it should be, yeah, coming from the top to show what it looks like. Um, oh, my goodness. I love this topic so much. <laughs> I know we could talk about it all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Did you? Oh, I guess the other thing I was going to talk about. I when you talked about a term before, was it keep in touch days? Yes. All workplaces don't have this, though, do they? Is this a new sort of concept? It's actually legislated um, under the Fair Work Act um, that you are entitled to keeping in touch days. So. Um, you need to have a conversation with your employer to actually agree to what that will look like. Okay. Um, but it is legislated that you can have the 10 days um, whilst you're on parental leave. Um, and this has actually been brought about um, to actually overcome some of these issues about making sure you don't re-enter the workforce with the, um, without actually knowing what's going on and, um, and actually staying engaged because that communication uh, is integral. So uh, there's a lot on the, the Fair Work um, website and, and that that can be spoken about, but definitely it's, it's 10 days um, and probably even before you go on leave of actually have that conversation with your employer about um, saying to them, look, I'm open to 
if you're having, say, a conference, a meeting, a team offsite, can I use these days um, and agree to them? Because um, I think definitely having that conversation before Bubs is born, that also then makes your employer aware about what you're also willing to do as well. And are these paid days or they're unpaid? No, they're paid days. Ah, okay. Excellent. I didn't know that. Very interesting. So if anyone's listening, perhaps question, yes. if, you, if you haven't heard anything from your employer or your manager, just ask them about it. Yeah. And it's really sad that there's a really small, like a small percentage. Um, I don't know the exact one, but I'm not, I'm pretty sure it's less than 15% of um, people are actually using these days. So don't quote me on that, but I know it's a really low percentage, mm. um, but definitely go on to um, the Fair Work uh, website um, for more information. And organizations don't share this information enough about what yeah. they're entitled to um so certainly that's one thing as well that over time we really want to advocate as well within working mama about what your entitlements are to make sure that you can actually have uh days such as keeping in touch days with your employer yeah absolutely another great point you were talking about was boundaries so when you're on mat leave or if you've decided to go from full-time to part-time and the way that you can be contacted or not contacted because it's really hard these days I mean you have email on your phone or you can access it at home um, but just having those conversations about okay I'm actually at home on Tuesdays like don't call me (laughs) I'm actually trying to keep a human alive here I like don't like I'm not being paid for that day therefore I'm not contactable and that can be a really difficult conversation to have um, and a boundary to put in place as well isn't it oh it's a real struggle Um, and when we you know it's I think it's a reoccurring theme that we're talking about you've got the mum guilt but also the work guilt that you know you you want to leave work because you've got to go pick up from childcare and you're like oh I've got to do these hours but also at the same time you you want to still be there for your child um so it's a real struggle um and then also overcoming that but no definitely boundaries is is important because otherwise people will take advantage of you on that um so even someone recently said to me she goes karina don't check your your phone too much um or if you are checking it don't reply to emails because otherwise people will just get used to you knowing that off person or now she'll reply anyway even though she's got a route of office on so definitely creating those boundaries Um, and if someone really urgently needs to contact you or there's a real urgent issue I'm sure there's someone else in the organization that can help (laughs) them out or you'd probably help them out um, if they're you know really really pressing you but definitely boundaries are important um, and a variety of different aspects of your life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, it does creep in if you've decided to go part-time, but then you're, you're doing full-time hours anyway. Mm. So, yeah, just kind of keeping that in mind. Yeah, because you also then deserve to be paid for what you're exactly. doing and in in your outputs. So if you're, if you're doing five days work but only getting paid for three, you need to then reevaluate and be saying no and <laughs> set the boundaries or get paid for full five days exactly (laughs) oh my goodness was there any other great examples that you wanted to share um a couple of things i've i've seen about um definitely from a um, before you go on leave um of actually pregnancy it's actually also about planning your return before you before you go on that leave and actually having the conversations um like with your manager or your employer about what a you'd like communication to be whilst you're on leave, so such as the keeping in touch days and the like. Um, and also, if you already have got the inkling that you think that you may want to return part time or um, have different flexible work arrangements, um, start those conversations before, if you can, before you go on leave. That will also help set you up um, and and set a bit of a platform for you for when you're negotiating coming back, because um, it can be a bit of a challenge. Um, and your headspace naturally does change when you're pregnant and, um, and when you're on mat leave. Um, but if you can already have that conversation, um, that'd be great. Um, definitely um, on mat leave, um, seeing what your policy covers um, in your organisation. Um, fathers having mat leave is what we've already said. Um, and also returning to work. Uh, we've, I've spoken before about how it can be this completely new world lots of change and even organizational change Uh, I've heard of good examples of where um, managers have set up meetings with key stakeholders that the person can then go meet with so then they can get a briefing and an update or almost like a mini induction 
schedule for when they're re-entering the workplace. So then that way they can hear firsthand what's happening, what do they need to be made aware of, because a lot can happen as, we've, as we know. So almost treating them as not a completely new employee, but giving them the love and support and some of those comforts of when you're a new employee, you get the red carpet rolled out. I think as a new mum returning, you've done a lot in the last 12 months <laughs> or however long you've been on leave. You've been keeping a human alive. You need the red carpet rolled out as you well. You need the red carpet. <laughs> and, uh, and certainly as well, having a, um, having a mentor or a buddy in your organisation that's been there before you. If, you, if they can give you any hints or tips about how they've gone about it. Because as we know, every organisation is different. Negotiating flexible work, managers even about their different perceptions. So at least you could be aware of who's really supportive, who may not be, just so you can just hopefully navigate some of that. I think definitely catching up for a quick coffee um, and having a buddy, particularly in those first couple of months, can really make a big difference just so you've got someone um, that you can go to. I think there's also, I know in my workplaces, there's almost like pseudo mum club that you can give each other a knowing look, that you, that little bit of a bag under your eye, you understand, <laughs> yep, tough night, yeah. yep, and then you can all then work together. And I think really also providing that support and that community um, is uh, uh, is really important. Um, if organisations as well can consider holiday programs and um and also looking at flexible work and, and as I say, part-time, you're still working. You're just going to maybe have a slightly different hours but you're probably going to have very similar outputs and I think also changing the perception around that um, is a lot. But it's definitely um, a lot has changed probably in the last 20 years and I think there's still a lot that needs to change with organisations across pregnancy, mat leave and also returning to work. Lovely. Oh my goodness. I love this topic chatting to you all about. There's so many great examples there and things that people can, you know, you don't have to just wait for HR to come up with these things. These are obviously things that you can go to and talk about with your organization as well and see if you can get the ball rolling on some of these ideas. 100%. Um, someone once said to me, they're going, Karina, you're going to be the only one responsible for your career. Um, you won't always have someone looking out for you. And yeah. I think that's also about the setup that you want um, as a as a working mum. You know, what what hours do you want to work? You can you what can you do? And that is set set um, ask the question. Um, yeah. no, what's the worst thing that someone can say is no, but if there's no harm in asking the question, you may need to go negotiate, maybe you may meet halfway in the middle, but if you can also set off and, and start those conversations of saying, look, I'd like X, Y, Z, you actually may surprise yourself and actually get them. So go for it and really back yourself because everyone's going to have a different situation and make sure it works for you as well. Absolutely. So I love hearing all about your mission with Working Mama and the work you're doing, but we're going to shift gears a little bit and I want to talk more about your personal experience of motherhood what have you found have been the challenges and the surprises oh I've definitely had a varied experience um of of uh becoming a mum so I um have probably experienced some highs and some lows um through the whole journey and I have to say it has been a journey uh I started trying for a child just after I um was married um and I thought, yep, I'm a fit, um, you know, early 30s girl. I'll be, I'll be fine. We'll be able to fall pregnant, no dramas. Um, sadly, um, first month of trying, I actually didn't realise I was pregnant, but we actually had a miscarriage. Um, and, and so, but also through that experience, I actually learned a lot of women and a lot of friends that actually had miscarriages as well. So it was this um, club that, came out of going oh I've been through it and so it was really nice to know that I what I had gone through um I could actually then go okay right I'm not the only one because you think yep I'm fit and young I'll be fine um and you know that's what women are supposed to do is to have kids um and then when you find out that a you have had a miscarriage and also subsequently after that I'd had a number of tests because it wasn't happening um, after that and you go into the specialist and you go all right you've got this wrong with you you've got that wrong with you and you'd walk out going what am I what's going to happen now and am I ever going to become a mum and I went through the emotions as well of a number of friends announcing that they're pregnant and I then would go why not me what's going to happen and um, 
And then I ended up going on um, a drug called Clomid, which is what they say sort of the one step before IVF. Um, And luckily first month I fell pregnant with that. Um, And I've since again learnt that I've got a number of people I know that have actually used Clomid to fall pregnant um, and which I was very fortunate that I could actually, um, um, I actually, my uh, old mentor at work, she'd gone through similar fertility issues and it was really nice that I was like, okay, the one person I could, she could understand what I was going through. Um, and I really lent on her at times. Um, so when we fell pregnant, it was such an emotional roller coaster of, wow, we're pregnant. Okay. Hopefully we don't have a miscarriage. Is he okay? Well, we didn't know what we were having, but is, is the baby okay? And, and all that, um, everything was going well till about 35 weeks. Um, when I, I realized I wasn't putting on any weight. Um, my amniotic fluid levels were also dropping. So um, 37 weeks we were induced um, and he was a small bubba. Um, he was only 2.4 kilos. Oh. So he was quickly born on me for a couple of minutes and then um, into special care nursery. And so um, he was in special care for, for eight days. But I have to say throughout the whole process, I had the most amazing mid um, obstetrician. Um, she I think also helped keep me at, at bay and, and she wore a lot of the stress, I think, of what was going on and didn't necessarily tell me every little bit of detail, um, but she reassured me through the whole process and she was amazing even during the birthing. So I have to owe my um, my son's life to her. Um, and special care, as you know, if you've had someone in your child in there, is an emotional roller coaster. Um, and you, you're hoping each day that your child starts eating more and putting on weight and, and it's tough um, leaving hospital um, after a couple of days without your child. I didn't have necessarily three-day baby blues. I think I was caught up in so many other emotions. And leaving hospital, I turned around to my husband and said, this isn't right. And I burst into tears. He burst into tears as well, which is the first time I've ever seen him cry. And that was that was tough. Um, and, and it's definitely a challenge. And you wouldn't know now that he was such a small baby and um, he's definitely thrived. Um, we've had our challenges of, of feeding and, and sleeping and as everyone goes through. But one thing that surprised me is that how much I always knew I wanted to become a mum, but I didn't realise how much I would enjoy being a mum. And it's really given me such a new perspective on life. Um, A friend recently had a baby and I said to her, I said, it's going to be the toughest but and hardest thing you've ever done, but the best thing you've ever done. And um, yeah, so it's definitely given me a, a new challenge, but also given me so many surprises. And every day he's a delight. Even if he's had a bad night, I still look at him and he gives me a smile and I love him to bits. <laughs> All's forgiven when they smile, isn't it? Oh, it sure does. Oh my goodness. And oh, yeah, that's when your child, when you go home from the hospital without your child, and that happened to me twice with both my oh. sons. And it's just the most like upsetting thing like you've you've gone into hospital you know with your belly and then you've come home empty-handed and it's just yeah it's really it's really heartbreaking but we are very fortunate that we have special care nurseries and you know really trained specialists to look after the you know the special bulbs oh we do and that's what I took comfort in and knowing he was in the right place the nurses that were there were just amazing everyone says they had a bad bad midwife I didn't through my whole experience yeah. have a bad nurse um and it was just an amazing experience that I knew that he was in the right place um it just um, it was the emotional roller coaster of each day can we go home no can we go home <laughs> yeah yeah oh my goodness and you described it perfectly I always like when my my friends are pregnant and you know you write something in their card it's like your life is about to get like like a hundred times harder but a million, yeah. but a million times better like, cause yes. it's just so true. Like you're just like, everything's hard, but also you just, you're never going to know love like that. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> I never thought I always wanted to be a mum. I didn't realize how I was never yeah. like this really clucky person. Um, but it's just the most amazing. And this front row seat to this person's life, it's just so special. And now I realize what I put my parents through and I've got a lot more admiration for my parents as well. (laughs) So much more respect for them. And you're like, oh goodness, I have so many regrets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry for everything. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so sorry to hear about your loss as well. Oh, look, it's, it's, um, it certainly was, was, I didn't realize at the time I probably reflected on a lot more, but I think, um, 
you know, the stats are I think it's one in four women that do have a miscarriage yeah. um, and it's tough. Um, but, you know, I think that we live in a great country and a great society with some great technology and amazing doctors. Um, I didn't realise I was even pregnant and we were about to go on our honeymoon and we found out that this oh. is what was happening. Um, but I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's always a worry, I think, for any, any woman in the first 12 weeks. Um, and I think also that if you can say, look, you've had a miscarriage and, you know, you're not alone if you have. Um, no doubt other people have. And it was one thing that really surprised me with it, people saying, yeah, my wife's had one or this. And so it was good to know from a friend's perspective that, yep, others have also gone through something as well and that you're not alone. Because I think a lot of people, and particularly women, put a lot of pressure on themselves. Of, well, this is what we do. We're, we've got the reproductive organs. Why doesn't it just work? Yeah, yeah. I think I was the same. I was like, oh, yeah, let's try. It'll happen now. And in nine months' time, we'll have the baby. And, you know, like I started when it yeah. you know, just totally assumed it would just happen. And then exactly. I was like, oh, I didn't even know about ovulation because I just like, yeah. just and then I was like, oh, hold on. We can't even get pregnant. Well, there's no point in doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we need to investigate this a bit more. I think I, I, think <laughs> I didn't really listen in, you know, health education class. I know. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, I realized, yeah. There's a lot more science to this than what yeah, I realized. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Um, thank you for sharing that. And so you're a bit of a foodie. This is what you told me. Um, so if you have a kid-free night, where would you love to go out to dinner? What would you be eating and what would you be drinking? Well, if money was completely yeah, yeah. no expense yeah. whatsoever, um, my if I'd, I'd go with my husband so my husband and I would go to Rudamond oh, and nice. have a degustation meal with matching wine oh, nice yep have you done a degustation before elsewhere not a bit of I have um we've we've done one at um Woodland House and oh, it was nice. it was the first time I'd ever actually done a degustation and it was amazing so yes that's why it was money was no object that's what we would do yeah absolutely I actually did um the fat duck when it was here do you remember Heston yeah yeah yeah. and I actually because you had to enter a ballad to go to it um and my husband I'd actually entered mine and I entered my husband's email just to give us more of an opportunity and he said I actually had my son and it was two days later he's like I've got something to tell you. And I was like, have you crashed the car? Like that was my first thought. Like, no, 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 I haven't. But I got this weird email about the fat duck and I was like, oh my gosh, like we've won, we've won. And he's like, oh, do we get to go for free? I was like, no, we don't get to go free, but we've won. <laughs> Not everyone can go. Um, oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, we didn't do the matching wines and thank goodness because I, I couldn't even drink. I was like, it was yeah. so much food. So, you know, bit of on. At least, you know, this time you could probably like wear maternity late, like um, stockings or something. I was totally yes. to be able to fit all the food in. <laughs> I know. It'd be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Well, you, you, you should plan that for a special night. It'll happen. Yeah. One day, one day, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so what's a random fun fact about you? I love this question. Ah, this might sound really weird, but before I met my husband, I was not a big fan of eating cheese. Uh, And so one day we were out for dinner and uh, he said, just try this Persian feta. I just think you should just try it. Um, I tried it and my life has never been the same since. So (laughs) now I will actually enjoy some nice cheese and a glass of wine. And yeah, I then look back going, before I met you, I didn't, wouldn't have eaten any of this, like soft cheeses and the like is just now um, one of my, yeah, my treats and uh, which is, yeah, I've got a few quirky food um, <laughs> habits and that's definitely one of them. <laughs> and what's your favourite cheese? Ah, oh, I think anything from the Yarra Valley Dairy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like their, their goat's cheese and their Persian feta are amazing. Yeah. Are you a stinky blue cheese person? unfortunately not no can't go there (laughs) (laughs) can't go the fungus on the cheese no oh but see I love it I love it the smell my mum does as well yeah yeah probably more of a soft cheese blue cheese I could probably do most other cheeses just other than blue cheese yeah yeah and have you introduced your son to this cheese or is he just having the normal ones yet 
at the moment he's only just having the normal ones yeah. but we'll slowly get there now that he's, <laughs> now that he's one he can now start having uh, cheese yes. and, yeah and then uh we'll slowly build him up yeah it's so funny when my like my son my oldest son he will go and like eat you know fancy cheeses because we're always at someone's house that has like a nice platter and I'm like I never had this as a child yeah <laughs> You should feel very privileged that you're actually getting this. I know, I know. They're just like so cultured with food now. <laughs> oh my god, kids! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you are foodie and a cheesy lover. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And now I'm sure there are many people listening, and like I want to find out more about working mama. I want to find out more about Karina. So, where can everyone connect with you? So you can connect to us across um, a variety of different channels um, and it's working mama. It's um, so working mama, M U M A. So if you do a search for that, so we've got a website workingmama.com.au. We're on the, on Facebook. So as I said earlier, working mama community um, on Instagram, working mama underscore AU. Um, but then if you want to then just shoot us an email, it's Karina. So C-A-R-I-N-A at workingmama.com.au and would love to reach out and speak with you. Oh, fantastic. And I'm sure there'd be people who not only want to um, speak with you because of their own personal experience, what they're going through, but also maybe they want to introduce you to their workplace. Maybe, you know, start that conversation. 100%. Uh, we definitely, um, I've got a colleague of mine that we're, looking to partner up and, and work with organisations to really start that conversation and um, we'll do it through what's called ideation and scrum workshops to make sure it's personalised to those organisations. So happy to help and, and come out and even if you need a training session or anything like that, we've got it all ready to go um, and we'd love to work with you and, and help change the tide and the conversation across Australia. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mamas on a Mission. If you did, Hit subscribe, leave a review, or let's chat more on Motherhood Melbourne Facey or Insta page. If you're keen as beans to know more about my guest, the podcast, or my podcast partner, visit motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.